0: There's something else that I need to tell you.
1: Welcome back to the show, difficult everyone. Difficult. everyone Cheers.
0: We are in the post-House of the Dragon era. Well, not really. Here's Episode a text one. from my
1: little brother. Yeah, it was great. So the acting and all that was great. But the thing that really stowed the show was Matt Smith's armor. Sick.
0: <laughs> so true. His helmet. Thank you for that. We are here. I have been... Okay. I've... We are in Hannah's closet, <laughs>
1: to be exact. But I forgot, we are here.
0: I forgot about that... Um. Because we don't talk about anything until we start recording. And so mm-hmm. there's like that 15, 20-minute period after the show ends mm-hmm. when we are just sitting in silence <laughs> before we sit down and are ready to go. And I am amped to talk to you about it. I mean, this is what we hoped it would be, right? At I guess we one. know that
1: just from being in the same room. You were feverishly scrolling down notes, but I there was times when we were both just like, this is okay, they're doing it. Oh, okay. They're going in. Mm-hmm. Okay, they decided to go ahead and do it, which means it was good. That we really think, liked it.
0: I think it was amazing. I mean, I know that it's hard to really judge it fairly when we're coming right off it and all the buildup and the excitement, but. Mm-hmm. Three minutes in, in my notes, I wrote down: I already can't wait to watch this again. Right, I cannot wait to sit down and watch this episode. Well, once you saw Jay Harris, you
1: were just sold, right? I
0: lost my mind right. when I saw Jay Harris. Yeah. You know, did yeah. you a little bit?
1: I did for sure. I lost my mind whenever it opened with a like I've been hoping a, an epilogue like Lord of the Rings style introduction, uh, and, and they did do that. They didn't have the <sighs> subtitles, but they did do that because they didn't they weren't using uh, Elvish or the language of Mordor. Anyway, they were using a lot of Lyrian, though. They were, which I was kind of... Good for us, good for you, David. Why was I
0: surprised by that? I had no idea.
1: So those are the scripts that he was reading. Mm -hmm. Did he know a brother and a niece, or sorry, uh, an uncle and a niece were flirting in those moments?
0: (laughs) Probably. We'll have to have him on and ask and find out. (laughs) The opening card that said... I took a screenshot of it. Yeah, because I wanted to read it word for word. They give this... Lord of the Rings-style introduction, and then it says, It is now the ninth year of King Viserys I Targaryen's reign, 172 years before the death of the Mad King Ares and the birth of his daughter, Princess Daenerys Targaryen. And then everything fades back, and it just says 172 years before Daenerys Targaryen, (laughs) which was so powerful. And I think that they did... We'll get to the very end of the episode. Let's talk all, about it now. <laughs> all of that aside, they did an unbelievable job, from my perspective, sitting, you know, 20 minutes after the episode air, balancing stuff we knew, stuff we cared about, mm-hmm. but giving us a brand new, bigger and broader feel. You know, at the beginning when we're winding through the streets of King's Landing. Yeah. As we're getting the... um. Cyrax with Rainier riding the dragon we're getting like that's there's just so much space as you so we did like like this pre-show on our Instagram and you talked about hoping that there would be I can't remember the phrase you used exactly but what you had hoped to see was what I felt like we saw
1: I guess just um giving us the clear answer of how far they were gonna go and trying to make it something that we haven't seen before mm-hmm. and that being a good thing too mm-hmm, not just mm-hmm. something that we haven't seen before that's bad but not redoing it but also doing something that felt like it was a new thing yeah that was my hope something that really felt like a book was being translated onto the screen and uh i definitely think that that happened they for lifted sure.
0: line by line a couple moments
1: for sure the and sheep that's, thing, <laughs> yeah a little bit out of place but perfectly fine <laughs> i think that it looked and felt like I hope it would look it was focused on king's landing which was a which is a thing that I think all of us who love game of thrones before would like yes we're used to that place we haven't really seen it focused on in a bottle episode sort of way like that before mm-hmm. other than when it was being invaded upon by stannis right And that's a totally different look and feel. But when we get that first big cutaway to the the Mm -hmm. exterior of King's Landing and we know that we're spending proper time here and the procession that's going through the city is headed toward the Red Keep in a state of business as usual and how things always go here makes it feel like it's as comfortable as we hoped it would have been before when we saw it for the first time, like at the very beginning of Game of Thrones when Robert was king. That's sort of how it felt
0: what about um Rainier and allison walking through the red keep like they were winding through the different hallways and yeah, up the stairs yeah that was like the first
1: musical montage after yeah, the introduction and over
0: that map room yeah. whatever that's called you know i think that as we were wa- as i was watching that i was also thinking of robert and when we were first seeing these places and kind of LOLing to myself that why did things feel so comfortable in King's Landing when we first were introduced to Game of Thrones? Because they absolutely were not, nothing like it's compared to here and now. And maybe it's just because we've been reading and so we understand what's going on, but you could feel, and they talk about this a little bit during the tourney, like you can feel the opulence and the comfortability and the softness and the these boys have never seen real war before. And so they're just lying during the tourney. That was such a great conversation. Cutting,
1: but very true.
0: The way she was just holding her hand also, while she was But also, you don't know about
1: Magor's reign either. Not specifically. It's fair. Closer to it, fair. but yes.
0: Fair, I mean, Hermit Corliss has seen some stuff, sure. you know. yeah. But um, I felt like they displayed that very well. And I was just, I was glad to see the space filled so nicely.
1: So were you surprised about how, not exactly what they were talking about at the end of the episode? Because I know that we've been uh, suspicious of the mention of Dragon Dreams, <laughs> mostly because the trailer started out that way. <laughs> yeah. The big first trailer, but about where they decided to leave it off, that Rhaenyra is being chosen yeah. as the heir. Yeah. God, what a great way to to represent that situation, With Damon and Ranira and Viserys and his potential, which now I guess we know for sure, but we still, this is the, they cut away. You notice that they cut away from it. So history may not tell the exact truth. Maybe that's a really sneaky way to continue that. Like, well, what do you think about this person set up? Did he or did he not say that? He says he did, basically, but he's also the kind of personality just to go, yeah, I said it, if you're going to put that on me, Uh if that's what Uh you think, Uh which I forget the character out of pop culture that's most annoyingly like that, that we all like as a culture. I forget. It's kind of Jon Snowy, almost in a way, but uh, I think he would also be a little bit more indignant in that situation, so it's hard to say specifically, but were you expecting it to end there with the, the Damon Air for a Day, Rhaenyra being announced as a successor scene
0: i mean it's hard for me to say what my expectations actually were but i loved the cutting back and forth of damon in the brothel and they're kind of egging him on and he's clearly dealing with some stuff and then Otto swindling or squirming or slithering his way
1: tie winning
0: (laughs) tie winning (laughs) but not uh, anyway, Wear your mother's dress," yeah. he says in that, <laughs> that moment. Okay, that moment was so it's like go get it. Girl. It was
1: literally they used the same like scene reproduction storyboard of a Taiwan Cersei scene,
0: right? And then she walks in and era. she's all done up. Yep. Um, I love the Damon air for a day moment, kind of back and forth, back and forth. Um, the way that they did that a lot in this about the throne room? episode, like the cut between. Damon and the oh, brothel yeah. and then the small council talking about the situation of Viserys getting angry. Yeah. They did that back and forth with the tournament and um
1: Damon's fight with the birthing as well. At
0: the same time. I yeah. thought that was really powerful Smart. to kind of see all of these things happening at once. Yeah. I did not expect the ending the way that I mean, they're saying the Song of Ice of Fire, you know? It yeah. seems cliche, but it <laughs>
1: <sighs> It's skating right on it's, the edge of cheese, man. It really
0: is, but... Really, really And right who on knows the edge. how I'm going to feel when I rewatch the episode, uh-huh. but watching it through the first time, I mean, absolutely nuts. Yeah. That's some big family secret, and then she's standing there with that weight on her shoulders knowing about...
1: It didn't seem to me like she cared that much.
0: Maybe not. Maybe I'm just like reading into it a little (laughs) bit. Well,
1: I mean, if that's what you saw, then I think that that would have been the intended result, I think, for sure. I think what you're supposed—the way that Viserys at least takes it seriously, I think that maybe someone like Rhaenyra or even us at this point being 100 years into the the conquest since the Targaryens, since Aegon and his two sisters came and took over— in United of the Seven Kingdoms, you want me to give you more of a backstory? (laughs) Because they did not do it in the TV show and I just realized that people are listening to this conversation. We're kind of like the teen Rhaenyra, probably us watching, even though we all care a lot. At the same time, we've already seen the ending too. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like how a teenager would see the ending, not having the full scope on the... Scale of being scared about mortality, yet really, and being also just a little bit blasé about what older people are saying, because even if it's smart, it just doesn't sound like you're that cool about it. Like you don't have the right attitude. You're think you're taking things seriously that you shouldn't be, or just being a little cringe in the way that you talk about them. So, I think that she sort of took it like, yeah, okay, the dreams about the doom. I remember. So then they had a vision, and then. And then they had a vision to come to Westeros, great. But then he's like, and on top of that, there's another vision that we have to hold. And she probably sees it like all the titles that they have, too.
0: I'm sure. it's that's. I mean, that's for us as a watcher.
1: To, but you thought that she took it seriously?
0: I don't know. I just, you know, I'm typing away at my computer, and I, see, I hear him say that, and then we look up, and she's there yeah. with everybody kneeling to her, and she's, like, looking around. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like I said, that's me projecting onto what her vibe is. But wow. she very obviously, throughout this whole episode it weighs on her that she's not the one, you know, it, it's this interesting balance that she has between being perfectly content, quote unquote, with her situation. And then also very deeply wanting to be the heir. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she's telling like Alison that she's content simply because she's trying to be cool, which, um, she very well could be, but to see her kind of standing there, having gotten into the position that she wanted to get in and on, now knowing all these secrets, you know maybe that that vibe that she's giving off is simply because she's standing in that place that she wanted Taking to be. It seriously. In. But then us as the people on the other side of the screen, I mean, hearing Viserys talk about <laughs> the White Walkers, Aegon <laughs> seeing a long winter, yeah, that's unbelievable. Especially yeah. when they're standing in front of Balerion's skull yeah. and he's putting his hand over the fire, yeah, and we're not that far removed from. That's our, that's our, that's us, you know, yeah. that's our world. Yeah. And so it was, I just, I, it was unexpected for me.
1: Same. I didn't expect him to, I th- I thought that there would be maybe a little bit of confusion about it. Like when he was talking to Emma, his wife on the deathbed or not on the deathbed, the uh, birthing bed, but not the birthing same bed thing. either. When he was talking to her that it seemed like the night before, mm-hmm. at least the same week as the tournament. Right um when he was talking about his dream his prophetic dream he said it felt so real it felt like more than a, it felt like a memory more than a dream i think is what he said yeah it sounded to me like he wasn't fully convinced about the legitimacy of these prophetic dreams that if maybe someone more powerful than than him had one that came true maybe he would believe if another person had a dream that seemed as legit, or even more so, if that same person had a really prophetic dream. But it sounded like he didn't really take his that seriously. So I, I think he was scared about his son being born.
0: Yeah, I think he was. I think he was worried that it wouldn't come true.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So it was making him feel even more doubtful.
1: Maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like he was pretty serious when he was telling about sure. about that dream. So that opens up a whole new bag of worms. We know that George worked on this show very closely with someone that he's known for a long time and that knew him post Game of Thrones success. So basically, George has the the upper, upper ground in all of this. He's, no, he's not trying to get a, a pilot passed by HBO. He's not trying to appease two showrunners who have amassed their own power. He's, he's in the mix of this. And the fact that this amount of lore came through is the stuff that we've been talking about, hoping that through hoped. some of the cracks of needing to adapt something and adapting something, that there would be more content that wasn't just a visual reproduction of the of the script. It's hard to do that with Tolkien because by the time we started getting serious movies made of his stuff outside of the early beautiful animations, um it was already decided on. You know, his estate had moved into making further content for decades already at that point with his with his uh relative uh, Christopher Tolkien. It was already a thing. So this is completely different like we've been talking about hoping Mm -hmm. about potentially happening we have a name drop a name drop of ice and fire literally in this first episode and it feels like a song like a swan song of like a good omen for everyone who loves the story from before and also a a potential threat of (laughs) What the fuck is going on? I
0: know. Well, and especially when they he puts so much emphasis on the fact that a Targaryen must sit the throne the when this happens.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know? I wonder if that was in the dream or if he was like, no one else can do it but us.
0: Right. I, it's hard Winter, to say. Winter, fire,
1: dragons, it all makes sense, right?
0: But, I mean, we're just, we're fresh off the heels, sort of, of season eight. And we saw the Targaryen ascending to power. And
1: stop the White Walkers. As,
0: as it happened. And so, yeah. yeah. Like you said, fine line between, like, cliche and cheesy. Mm-hmm. Who knows how it's going to hold up over the coming week? But that first pass through, it was yeah, powerful, yeah. and I hope that we continue to see stuff like that. I hope really? that we continue. I hope that it's not that's just not like a season one episode one grab to get us old fans <sighs> that's paying a good attention point. and yeah, keyed that's in. a good point. I feel confident, though. I mean, many of my reservations um, have melted away. With
1: what do you think about this? That you like? What is it that you like so much?
0: I like Did you talk
1: it. about the sweeping scenes and going into King's Landing? And I get what you're saying, but like if you had to break that down a little bit further, like how does that reamalgamate itself over the course of the episode? What really stuck out to you and made it feel like something that is such a success?
0: I just loved the space that we felt with within King's Landing. It's like you said, we get an episode in one place. So much of what we loved about the early seasons of Game of Thrones were these backdoor conversations and these quote-unquote quiet moments where people are conversing with one another, all those kinds of things. I loved this episode because I felt like we were getting to see a lot of these characters that we've been reading about come to life in those little quiet conversations throughout the day. We got Rhaenyra and Alysanne Gossiping at the tournament. We have so much of them, which we can get into more detail. But the two of them at the tournament gossiping about who is married, betrothed to the who, and da 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 da, those kinds of moments. I loved Damon's just whole vibe. Mm -hmm. He was rude and cool at the same time. And I loved the way that Viserys and him interacted with each other. I just felt like we got a lot of really cool character developing conversations without it being too in-your-face. And I felt like, from my perspective, as a reader, I mean, we're pretty deep into Fire and Blood, and so we're pretty well-versed and kind of, we just came off this chapter, so we kind of really knew what to expect. But I was worried going into this episode that we were going to feel lost, and that we were going to feel force-fed these relationships, mm. and that we were going to feel um, that the showrunners or Whoever was going to take advantage of, you know, they're going to figure it out along the way. So we're going to throw them in oh, halfway to yeah. maybe, you know, drown. But I didn't feel that way at all. Like, I felt mm. like it was a good balance between an introduction to these characters, but also not being force-fed what we're supposed to think about them. And that's the best I could have hoped for um, going in, going into it. And so that's basically what I think I loved so much about it.
1: Do you think that someone who hasn't been podcasting about fire and blood weeks before that it came out or has read it one time closely or even listened to it do you think that they would feel like at the whole spectrum of that amount of attention to the source material do you think that they would feel the same amount of not thrown into deep water and also what about if you hadn't even seen game of thrones
0: i have no idea i remember when we when we were in game of thrones season monday morning at the office was always the test for what were the what was everybody else thinking about
1: Monday what morning, the show what a like. great idea to put out on Sunday, so it's at the start of the week when you need <laughs> something to talk about. I know. But what even, will people do now? Is it going to be Teams meetings around it?
0: I don't know. I've <laughs> already got a couple of text messages from family <laughs> members and things alike who are not Fire and Blood readers, you know, with their initial reactions. And so I'm very curious when we sit down to record midweek, we will have had those conversations. But yeah, I'm curious to see how it's received. I know some of our listeners didn't read Fire and Blood, um, chose not to. And so I would love to hear feedback from those people, kind of what they thought about it. I know we're pretty well versed in a song of ice and fire if you're listening to the show, but um, would love to hear those immediate takes. But um, I'd be curious to see if it landed the same way for everybody else. Yeah, me too. Didn't for me, but. I mean, what would you say? I mean, it feels like you are you and I are at least, either I'm projecting onto you or I loved it. we're on the same page. No, I, lo- <laughs> yeah. I loved it.
1: I loved it. I loved it from the start. Like I said, I, I liked the 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 way that they chose to introduce it. I thought it was narratively brave because they didn't do a lot of media-rich, which, honestly, it's kind of the opposite of being media-rich. Something they didn't want to do in Game of Thrones was stuff like slow-mo. hmm And then they reserved a moment for Jon and Ygritte. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know how they turned out. And so there was a couple of situations where I was like, okay, maybe we'll be a little bit less stalwart on the way that they directed it, the way that they shot it, the way that they cut it together. Being so unforgivably rigid, I think, really served the polish and like the convincing of people that this wasn't silly mm-hmm. like high fantasy can be. A lot of people right. are scared by that. When you Whenever you first crack open The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings— it's chipped the glasses, cracked the plates. Yeah. That's what Bilbo Baggins <laughs> yeah. hates. It's music. And then they eventually sing about the Misty Mountains. And they're uh-huh. like, oh. It's like, it's very, it's, 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 it's." I mean, you have to be like a con person, really. Right. You know, like us. Right. Like that, you know, cheesy and weird to like it like that. Um, it's tough to get into. But Game of Thrones wanted to be an HBO show. So it was very rigid about some things. And then eventually... Like in uh, the Winds of Winter episode, uh, remember when we had Ramin on the podcast, mm-hmm. he was like, well, we we weren't using any instruments that seemed modern in any way in, in the current human world, really ever, up until this point. Mm-hmm. All the remixes and rock and roll, like the original Goo theme song, were all done by other people. The show did <laughs> not do that. But then he was like, I might just put a little bing, bing mm-hmm, piano mm-hmm, in there, and mm-hmm. that, for the reasons them for for though for their reasons narratively it made sense to show a transition and a change and then they featured a lot of those instruments uh including the piano during the night king song in the last season i just think it a little bit of that rigidity that served them before kind of fell away and i'm it was i was interested to see it that they started out this show like that yeah one of my favorite things about this recent show that came out like probably now like four or five years ago at this time, but everything feels about like last year, yeah. especially after COVID, is uh, in the first episode of a show called The OA, which is a Netflix show, they don't do the, the title sequences, the intro sequence, till about three quarters of the way through the first episode. Okay. you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Okay. And so I was kind of expecting that to happen here. And that kind of uh, sort of meta creativity on top of something that is so high budget and so taking itself so seriously... And being so uh rigid from its predecessor G O T never did stuff like that. They didn't do that. I thought that they might. I thought that they might. Maybe after a particularly good dragon moment about mm-hmm. three quarters of the way through the episode, they didn't do that. We haven't seen the title sequence yet.
0: I was gonna say we were It'll be episode two. Talking in the live stream before about how excited we were to see that title sequence. Yeah. And then we get basically a flash on the screen. Yeah. Um can't wait for season for episode two. Yeah,
1: so that'll that. that'll come out and it'll be like this is the post uh, succession,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like everything that you saw before this was just set up. Mm-hmm. So we got a whole episode of setup. I thought that an intro would get us there, but no, it took it took more than that. It took the whole episode, the whole first episode is that. I think we'll get that title sequence in the second episode, and then we'll feel like oh, we're properly we're in. in it. But mm-hmm. it took you know over an hour to do it here. So that's pretty cool.
0: I think it's awesome. I like that patience, and I like that. Like you said, it feels a little—they're
1: wiggling with it. It's like it's a little, like, something it's a little special. meta. Yeah, exactly. It's a little meta. They got a title sequence. They've got uh Rhaenyra doing VO, uh-huh. and,
0: uh huh,
1: and referencing herself mm-hmm. within that voiceover, mm-hmm. and uh, that that title card talking about Daenerys. How do you? It's Cut like to a, the dragon in the It's sky. like a new, when a new Zelda game comes out. Yeah. There's this like it can either in the beginning it can make your eyes well up with tears, or it can skip it and take itself a little bit more seriously, a little bit more coldly, a little bit more Damon-like probably. But this time it chose to like make you feel something. And then they did that again at the end of this episode. I I was very taken aback. I was just like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. we are going all the way here and you are towing the line on the edge of a blade. But I think that you have to take risks like that to talk to people who... From a whole spectrum of haven't seen anything from Game of Thrones before to the most stalwart Game of Thrones fan. Some of which stopped watching the show at season five because they were afraid to go past the source material from the author. And we know people like that. And some of them tuned in for this one because they ended up reading Fire and Blood. So we're trying to appease all those people at one time. So I think walking on the edge of the knife is really what you need to do. But one thing I really felt, uh, especially during the jousting scenes, the tourney was that unlike any other GOT episode from all eight seasons before this one more so way more so to me it felt like a movie Mm -hmm. like I was watching a movie Yeah, where a movie is shorter than a season but TV shows a lot of times feel like they need to hurry through stuff to keep a musical scene going Yeah, but they really drug in some of those parts of like the horses and stuff and the ambient uh, surroundings and the scenes that they were in in a way that felt like they were almost trying to buy time to make their movie fatter. Uh-huh. And that's not a bad thing. But I agree. I, I felt, it felt, didn't just feel like they were shooting it with the, the hi- highest end of cameras or the best uh, DPs who control the lighting and make it really feel as rich with as much uh, blocking and as much planning with the te- technology with the lighting to make it the highest Quality Possible, which is generally a trademark of movies, it d- it definitely felt like that, and all really high-budget shows do now, really. But on top of that, there was just that human element of it, it, really feeling like they were trying to squeeze it out in a way that really feels like a movie to me. And that just made it feel so much more believable whenever Matt Smith was being Daemon Targaryen.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Plus we got all these little mini cliffhangers cut in between these back-and-forth scenes, which I felt like kind of amped up the uh intensity almost of these drawn out scenarios so of
1: like the back and forth between yeah so them. we would have
0: viserys it's like is he gonna save his wife and then we would jump back to the tourney and there would be some jousting and then it's like okay who got cut down right there right we jump back to viserys and
1: are you gonna save Emma, your wife are you gonna take the favor
0: yeah and so i felt exactly like you felt and that's kind of what i was trying to say say earlier but you put it much more eloquently It's just this idea of space <laughs> <laughs> just the idea of space and patience and time and aria and the hound having long conversations while they're traveling on horses and so i agree with you wholeheartedly i felt like that was a real strength for this episode it just allowed us time to hang out and get to know these guys and um spend time with them which is a treat.
1: The way that they're setting up Kristen Cole is good. <laughs> really? The way they're setting up all <laughs> of it is good. It's, it's just so much more cut and dry. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why when we were talking to George the first time we, we met him about the clear split between the Greens and the Blacks that's I think one of the reasons why he seems surprised by the overwhelming allegiance to one side because he probably sees it like this in his head. Mm-hmm. He probably assumes that we're all somehow morally consistent enough to know that no matter how interesting Rhaenyra and Damon seem that these are all other just people too. What I mean is like Damon did chop off the hands and the cock and balls of multiple in a people <laughs> in this episode, but we still like him. That's supposed to be something that we're will be Don't need to be told Mm -hmm. in a history book like Fire and Blood. We're supposed to, like, glean it, and we just—most of us simply just block it out. Mm -hmm. We simply just block it out, and we go, you know, the Greens are up-jumped, they're power-hungry, and they're unfair. It's supposed to be this. It's supposed to be that. But we often leave out how these people are really problematic morally in the first place. and. I think that this show really showed it in a way that made a lot of sense. If you feel bad for Allison at this point, like she's being used by her father, you might be surprised that she seems to play into it later. If you feel bad for veneer at this point, that she's not getting the same amount of love and desire sent back from her biffle and the object of her desire, Allison, then maybe you'll feel bad about how she reacts to it later. And maybe you'll think her she's a little bit less messed up for reacting that way because she she's cut so deep but right now the way that it's being presented is so wiggly like sometimes we think that Damon is good and then he does those messed up things and is someone that we don't really like but then it cuts away we don't see him really say it we also see him look a little bit annoyed that he has to be put in this position to talk like this in that scene and it's just perfectly split on the edge that i think that depending how the next couple episodes go with allison and viserys we might see a real split between the blacks and the greens like the fandom Early. and fandoms have never thought of. I think we might see an actual even split. I think yeah, more people, are, way more people are going to like the greens than we thought.
0: That's so interesting to me because I don't know if you noticed, Alyssa, in this episode, just all of her little looks that she was giving back and forth. And especially she was, the looks that she was giving to Rainera mostly. So when she was dressing Rainera before she was going to be basically everybody saying you're the one. Yeah. She looked pissed. Like she was mad, and really? she—I just noticed so many times this episode she was kind of giving the side either to her dad or to Rhaenyra or to like the situation around her. In my mind, it very much felt like she was being observant and steamy <sighs> like and into the situation. She knows that Rhaenyra likes
1: her way more than she likes yeah, her. back. She, she's just riding that wave because she's Rhaenyra. Oh, no. I
0: may come in. I'm coming into this a little bit biased. We all know a friend like that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm coming into this a little bit biased, but I just really. Oh,
1: you're going to give it to me. Sorry. Sorry.
0: Name the friends that are like that for me. No, 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 no,
1: (laughs) no. no, no, no. Not you. No, no, no. I'm just saying like in that situation, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah. But I want more. And you're like, I'm not going to give it, but can we still be friends? Exactly. So
0: I don't know. I'm, I would love to hear everybody else's thoughts on if they notice that too. Did I miss, you know, Rainier kind of having the same thing? But there's definitely a flirty vibe between them. And I just hope that yeah. it stay. you know, for You're my saying, own bias, yeah. I hope that it doesn't go in way too hard, you know? I hope that it stays subtle and confusing like this because they're think teenage Allison girls. Knows about, it, knows about it though? I think so. Oh, no. I just really noticed. This is cold. I just specifically noticed when she was dressing her before they went into the... Whatever you call everybody swearing fealty to her, I just really saw it. So
1: the throne room.
0: <laughs> I hope it stays subtle, and I hope it stays intriguing, and I hope it stays like that confusing teenage kind of thing between them. Because I think that that's when they get older, to happen. So much messier. Well, it's so much messier to when they get older because it's gonna be like this unrequited thing that neither of them really understood what was going on. You know. So I think that might be interesting, Ryan
1: condle <laughs> with the 360 duck on Georgia's story. Oh, I I think I would like that. <laughs> like, the, what a great texture on top of that. Yeah, I loved, relationship. I love that.
0: So we'll see how that continues to play out. But I definitely think she knows what's going on, and then she, I know that Otto prompted her to go hang out with Viserys, and that, that happened cold, so man. much earlier than I thought it was going to. You Dude. know,
1: he's 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 also way worse than I thought he'd be. I thought we'd be way more. Uh, Sympathetic to Otto Hightower. He
0: sucks so bad. He sucks so bad. He sucks so bad. I loved how Viserys calls him out. Dude, Viserys is like, first you wanted to move him here and then you didn't like it. Then you wanted to move him here and you didn't like it. So what do you want? He's my brother. So
1: what is your end goal here?
0: I don't like it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He goes in way too hard. It's understanding when Damon does his little gold cloaks thing. He does take it a little too far, so okay, Otto, yeah. go for it. But also in that moment, did you notice like Damon was basically foaming at the mouth? Could you see that? Which moment? When he was talking to the Gold Cloaks
1: and oh, giving them no. riled
0: up. I can't wait to go back and it watch that scene. His mouth? And I don't know if that's a Matt Smith thing, but he was foaming at the mouth, Jesus. talking about getting out there and taking the city <laughs> back. And I thought that was such a
1: yeah. This is all for the tourney.
0: It was great.
1: I think it was supposed to be a mix between the first big speech after they become gold cloaks and preparing for the tourney kind of vibe. So it was like they were trying to hybrid everything together. Mm -hmm. I wish it would have been more clear, like they announced that people were arriving or something, like just 15 seconds before that. Right. Or something, but yeah. Not better than Inglorious Bastards, Lieutenant Aldo Rain hype up speech. No. But a pretty good speech. But it was a pretty
0: good one. He was like, beginning tonight, King's Landing will learn to fear the color gold. And then, you know, Damon's in the thick of it. And some pretty brutal stuff happens. but
1: I didn't know we were reading quotes.
0: I just wrote down a bunch of them. They're probably like halfway wrong. <laughs> I have so many typos in my Here's notes. Here's a quote.
1: Rhaenyra to Allison, I want to fly with you on Dragonback. Like two of them <laughs> and eat cake together. I get it. She's like, one day in my life, I'm going to let myself go and just eat as much cake as I want. <laughs> 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 That's for me tonight. Right after recording this, I'm transitioning over to that portion that of my me, life I in was, respect me, of her.
0: I was uh, shoving s- chewy spree into my mouth before we came and sat down. Um, Jaehaerys, the only thing that could tear down the House of the Dragon was itself. Wait, that was just said either over a picture of him or did Rhaenyra say that? I can't remember.
1: I think Rhaenyra said it in voiceover, but yeah, right after the Great Council.
0: My, I was literally shake. Like, okay, I was very emotional. Like, I felt like I had chills during that opening scene way more than I thought I was going to. And so. it, it was
1: like, holy, it's on right now. It's on the app. We uh, did a pre-show live stream on Instagram and YouTube. Like we started doing a couple of years or a couple of seasons ago. And we ended it basically just with enough time to do a bathroom break. And now all of a sudden it's on the TV. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, we've all been waiting for this show for a couple of years now. A long time. So for it just to drop on our app that we watch all episodes of Gossip Girl on. I know. It's a pretty big deal. And the way the fact they started with that introduction at that scale. It
0: hit hard. The, the, we'd already seen shots of this before. Yeah. But still. Walking
1: up Heron Hall, the the courtroom in Heron Hall to him with the votes.
0: It's massive. It's stunning. It was huge. It was unbelievable.
1: Yeah. They did a good job. With
0: Jaharas sitting there. That's our job. You know? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know how you make it a, a book on TV other than just picking what you pick. But there's a difference between it feeling like a soundstage and... A painting. A painting, yeah. A
0: renaissance painting. They,
1: they got close and, and did. they set a standard with GOT a lot. But this was a little... Especially that that Heron Hall, Great For Council sure. scene. They, they took it a step further. They took it a step further, man. <sighs> it's not just about the details. It's about how you shoot it, too. It's mm-hmm. about how you frame it. And I know that if this keeps going... That'll get shit on eventually. It'll get to the scale of the real Iron Throne. Maybe one day if fantasy keeps winning in television like this. Yeah. But that was pretty, pretty good. It's a shame that that's all that we got. I just want to let everyone know I forget the actor's name, but the actor who played King Jarvis is the guy who played Job of the Hutt's like right hand man friend. Hannah hasn't seen uh, Star Wars yet. So. Mm This is not for you. This is for everyone listening. (laughs) The guy with the uh, hair that was like tentacle hair and he had the little baby friend that was like, "Eh, eh," like that little guy. I forget that guy's name, but it was the same actor. It was an an actor from Return of the Jedi, the old Star Wars movie, the third one originally before we were born. That dude was King J. Harris. Let's tie it all together. It must have been so fun for all them making it. They're like, we get a guy from Return of the Jedi to Mm -hmm. be in the show. And they're like, yeah, but only for one scene. He's like, done.
0: It was a great scene, though. And I loved how, you know, I hoped that maybe we would get a little bit more of the council and some of the back and forth and conversation. But instead, we got Viserys' face when he, quote unquote, won.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. He had
0: such a a relief and bewilderment and surprise all at the same time. Um, I thought that was I thought their the, their two reactions after that happened was really powerful. Like Rainie's just looked Pist. sad and mad, <laughs> yeah, and then Viserys looked confused and excited and kind of fratty you know. about it. Honestly, yeah, like so. yeah, it
1: would get passed down to me, but in the likable way that we all assumed it was going to happen.
0: I just I thought that was a great summation of basically what had happened there.
1: They're playing up the Rainie's detail of uh, with her being the queen who never was because mm-hmm. her dad got taken out by the bolt to the neck way a, a lot like the Alicent and Rain, Rhaenyra mm-hmm. dynamic where we could have assumed a lot but we didn't get a lot of actual skeletal structure within the books of the way that that Rainey's felt about it and knowing how successful in the sort of typical fashion that you would want her to be as a Targaryen know how successful of a Targaryen she was both personally and with the person that she married for it just to be succession that effed her out of that situation is a total bummer I and know I like the way that they're depicting it because they're putting actual meat on the bones. And I also like that it's true to herself that she's not petulant about Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. But she's like very straightforward about it. And Corliss has the same vibe. We haven't seen enough of him to really step out to uh, start like cheering for him yet. But as far as the actor's performance, Steve Toussaint, a very French looking name, uh, everything is good so far. The way that we would want it to be. Mm
0: -hmm. He seems very direct and like a man of few words, but in a way that uh, makes him, yeah, very interesting and mysterious. You know, we talked about his past. How excited we were to reveal some of that. You know, I hope none yet. None yet, but in an exciting way. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I I think that
1: if he stays the way that you just described him, him stepping out truly later will make so much more of it. It'll be so much more satisfying whenever he gets mad and starts swinging a weapon on his own, mm -hmm. like fighting in the stepstones. Yep. Um, I really like the fact that it seems like that he's stalwartly stalwartly with Damon mm-hmm. on a level that the same amount of reason that the king uses, whereas the Grand Maester, I forget his name at the time, um I don't think it's Eustace already at this point, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Um and uh Otto, obviously, are are speaking much from their own personal perspective. He, uh, Viserys and uh Corliss and Damon, obviously, because most of it's about him, seem to have like the most of an honest perception about what they should all do there. Less of an ambitious point of view. And that's particularly creepy in the birthing scene because Homeboy is basically the the head dude in charge, like the head surgeon, the head um, baby deliverer, whatever that job's called. And uh, we've been questioning his motives from the beginning because obviously everything that he says is colored. It's like Viserys referenced... I forget exactly what he said in the beginning, but he was... He was uh, he sort of made a joke at the Maester about some decision that hadn't been made yet. And he was like, oh, yeah, the Maester mm-hmm. hasn't thought about it yet. Mm-hmm. I forget. I probably wrote it down. But
0: I it was it set
1: up from the beginning that these guys are personally driven, even at this highest place. Mm-hmm. And some of us are just bored. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you want, I think, in a small council scenario. And holy crap, we still don't know if those are glass candles that they're throwing down with I the know. little burns on them. They don't look obsidian, but they do look glass. And there they is were a burn. interesting,
0: though, because there was only, I only really noticed them in the last great, right, the last they smacked council meeting. Yeah. yeah. What it's are something. those? It's something. It's definitely something. They wouldn't have put so much attention on it.
1: If someone knows, if it's from like a, if it could be pulled from history, uh, please tweet it at us or email us or something and let us know. I guess we could look it up too, but mm-hmm. yeah. So, not glass candles, as far as I know. But man, there was so much small council in this episode. There really was. That's brave, man. I feel like you might be turning a bunch of bunch of potential viewers off with all that. Do you s- really think so? Yeah, I think so. I think the small council is awesome when Tyrion's there. But you or, didn't like or it, or when Damon's there, or when Viserys is wilding out. But I think in general, you know, like we'd listen to Tywin, but Otto's not Tywin.
0: I know, but I'm. It graded on me in a way that made it good. If if the small council grinds on like that, episode after episode, if that continues to be the, the focus, it's going to get annoying. You'd be
1: ready for it uh, for there to be a rebellion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let the dragons dance. I hate this. But
0: if they used it to introduce how annoying Otto is and kind of what those dynamics are this episode, then I think we can live with it. But I think if we continue to see that over and over again, it's going to get, like I said, annoying. But at least for this episode, I thought it was fine.
1: They felt grown up.
0: Yeah, it's like you're at the big boys' table. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be hanging in the yard with the kids while the yeah. adults are having a conversation.
1: And the kids are pretty hardcore now because one has a dragon and the other's dad is the hand of the king.
0: Right, so they're actually in the thick of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's way less wiggly than it was before. And
0: she, Rainier, is at these small council meetings and Allison is Rainier's best friend. So yep. they're deeply tied to what's happening Yeah, she's right now. been the
1: cupbearer for the king since she was a little kid. Yeah. Like so. little. So it's just been part of it.
0: And Otto seems pretty open with Alicent, so.
1: In what way? Yeah. Just the way he was spilling his guts, I guess, when they were getting dressed?
0: Yeah, like they've, well, I don't know. They have a, they have a relationship, I guess. A clear relationship in this.
1: It's episode. nicer than Tywin and Cersei.
0: It is, for sure. Like, he actually loves his daughter. But they're also, they, I'm going to mix Alessand into that for now are clearly very ambitious and who yeah. was it was it Damon who says you need to watch out for that guy I love that conversation son. between them at the end near the end of the episode when Viserys is sending him away Yeah, loved that conversation and he says I'm your blood Yeah. so who Targaryen better your blood is thick yeah who better to protect you to serve you to guide you than somebody who's your blood you can say what you want to say about me but Otto is a different family and he is looking to gain power and it's so clearly obvious and so I I thought that was Viserys is like what do you you know what do you, what do, you do for me and Damon's like I could save you from yourself
1: yeah and then he calls him Viserys I think that he was just so good uh, Patty Constantine's uh, Constantine's uh, portrayal of Viserys just like a way to make this everyman in a way that Robert couldn't be because mm-hmm. he was just cringy, mm-hmm. a little bit too cringy, a little bit too easy yes. to be set off. Yeah. In a real way that like really connected with all of us. And so seeing him be put in that position with Damon's tough, but you can only forgive a guy for so long. And when you've struggled with the choice that you just made to have your wife be killed. Plus and, and, at the
0: same time he gets cut on uh, the throne.
1: Oh uh, Yeah. Well, so that'll annoy you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that'll make you like you just got cut. I guess that would make you mad, but uh, he just went through a lot. With his new kid dying, his beloved dying, they had a good relationship. The way that the show set it up, they were just like your sort of like Coach Taylor of Friday Night Lights, like couple, you know. Yeah. And uh, sh- Why you know, are you
0: always in the bath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is who I am. <laughs> I make it that milky with all the the salts that I put in <laughs> as well. Um, that like for him to forgive Damon at a time like that is tough, and it's not like he. Did a typical Targaryen thing, something that maybe even Daemon would have done, and that he did to the people who committed crimes, you know, without a trial uh, in Fleabottom and around the city, um, he just sent him away to where his wife lives. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad, mm-hmm. and I think he could have at any point recalled him, and he, uh, there will be a moment right where they reconcile on their own terms, right. the way that in a way that they're both happy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're watching this for the first time and you haven't read Fire and Blood. I think you can probably pick up that these two have a, a relationship that they don't feel the need to justify to each other or on camera between us because of the way they do treat each other. But when you do the air for a day thing in a brothel with people that no one cares about, like mm-hmm. your asshole friends that yep. you don't even like, yep. whether begrudgingly or not, to be to hear about it after the fact, you know, to be put in that situation. That's why it went down like that on the throne with Blackfire.
0: In the middle of such a like tumultuous like time. Yeah. yeah, I mean...
1: It's sad and messed up, and it's still not as bad as things could be. That's how comfortable this current Targaryen totally, reign is. It's totally. just not as bad as things could
0: be. But I like that they—we talked about in our last Fire and Blood episode that we hoped that that dynamic would come across, that they still had this very familial bond, but that yeah. they butt heads. And I think that that this went far and above what that looked like mm-hmm. in the book, and so I really enjoyed that. And, you know— that is the worst thing that's going on right now. But it's supposed to be comfortable.
1: So we saw Cyrax and Caraxes.
0: The dragons were almost an afterthought to me in this episode. Surprisingly, on House so. of the Dragon? I know, it's not messed Holy up. Holy
1: crap. No, it's not messed up. I think it's intentional. Please explore.
0: I Yeah, p- perhaps it is intentional. But like I was saying, what I, I loved so much all this character development that we got. And I felt like everything we got with the dragons was very brief. That opening scene was... Like I said, took my breath away. That I'm was pretty Flying over King's Landing. Mm-hmm. I loved
1: yeah. all of the... And no one's shooting at it. No one's it's shooting like, at it. It's like, hey, just, a plane's a good landing. Time. He's
0: like, I'm so glad this you're back. This dragon
1: pit is, fill, is uh-huh. full. If we're flying into the dragon pit. Yeah. We've got helpers that speak Valerian. This is a cool time. We
0: get so much reference to Rhaenyra smelling like she's been on a dragon. Yeah, so dr- it's just... Dragon stink. It's a normal thing. Everyone knows what that smells like, you That's know? What smells like. Right, <laughs> true. <laughs> that was pretty cool. And then obviously Valerian's skull at the end was very impactful and powerful. Sure. But there was much less dragons than maybe we had anticipated in episode one. And so, again, obviously the big dragon moments are going to come closer to the end and as we get to the actual dance itself. But I barely even remembered them until you just asked me about them (laughs)
1: from the episode
0: other than the opening scene. So, what did you think?
1: I I thought... um, The animation was super high level mm-hmm. i thought that maybe it was a little bit of uh hmm, whenever she was petting her dragon at the very beginning just in the way that the beast undulated and she responded to yeah, it but that's sure. really nitpicky I'm, I'm not a visual effects expert or critic but i don't like I to be taken the same out with of it Damon
0: a little bit when he was getting pushed by his dragon oh really yeah
1: i wasn't paying attention too hard during right. that moment i should have um
0: we can't be that nit- nitpicky about,
1: about that, Well, I think though. we should be. I think we should you know? be, especially going forward. I know,
0: but I want to have a good time. I do, so. too.
1: <laughs> I do, too. And if that's the worst of it, that's fine. Because yeah. it, it ultimately just comes down to the fact that you're trying to reproduce a crazy creature. And, like, the, it, I think it's analogous to trying to translate a fantasy book that's slow and methodical and not cheesy into a, a screen adaptation that we haven't ever really—no one's ever really been able to describe it. Um, succinctly but in a way where a book or a TV show feels like a book Mm -hmm. when you're trying to do it that real whatever that is so a dragon needs to be part of the scene Mm -hmm. in a way better than the author can even write it Mm -hmm. because the author has to write it in a way where it fills the scene in your head but you have to physically show it I think it's okay to be a little bit critical about that because they're just getting closer and closer and way better and I thought um, other than just like a moment of aberration a moment which is I think pretty picky
0: Totally uh, The
1: integration was really good uh, I liked the personalities And I really loved The uh, The pyre Of mm-hmm. Aima And Their son My I loved oh, Coming I down off the that. The cliffside Walking down And then Dracarys And blowing the fire gosh. That was super Super tasteful And I like seeing the saddle. It was all, it just, everything has been reflective of the moment in time that they're at. And uh, their command over the dragons. And then subsequently Viserys saying, us commanding the dragons is bullshit. Yes. It's all, it was just, everything was done really well. And summed up pretty well. All kind of like, like GOT did with the personality of Ned Stark. Yep. On, like we thought, on Viserys. Just kind of resting on the ability for this actor to sell you. You know, like a stand-up or something, yeah. like a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like, we all could be saying the same joke. Like, I, could, I, could, we could all be pretending to be the king, but this guy might just be like the best at selling it to us right now that they could find.
0: He, he, he delivered. Yeah, he I served. Thought so too. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was great. I forgot about and all the. Um, sorry, you're shaking your head because you're about to say something. I was just thinking
1: about the wigs. I didn't care about the wigs. I thought you didn't they didn't like them. No, I didn't. They didn't bother me.
0: I didn't even notice them. I didn't barely. like. I, I've,
1: yeah. I've historically really disliked a lot of the more transparent clothing and costuming and, I guess, wig choices of Game of Thrones in sure. the past, or really anything that's on the screen that introduces such a stark contrast from the actual person that it's on, whether that's because you chose something that sticks out too much because of the choice or because of the way that it's made or because of the way that you're not deconstructing it and making it seem lived in the world enough, all of those things. I didn't really feel like we're a problem, mm-hmm. except for that one kid that they cut to who had the crazy blonde wig during the joust. I was like, "That's really blonde!" Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know that's what you're really talking about.
1: blonde.
0: I agree with you. I but felt maybe like they
1: just really—they're really clean. They're rich.
0: Potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I agree with you. That's a nice look. I, if you're I felt, so
1: rich. Your hair looks fake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I is, would love to. That's have what that I'm saying. That's like what you're like. All look <laughs> yeah. up all your YouTube videos right. for. Like, exactly. how do I make my hair look fake but it be real? All
0: that shines. Exactly. That that's on. what
1: I'm saying. Like, so maybe they just it just shows wealth for sure, them.
0: Maybe. But I agree. I felt like the costuming was done very well, and then the hair and all of that. I Dude, they I, nailed it. They didn't, and I I was never taken out of it from that perspective. Same. Ever. Yeah. And so no.
1: Not really even exciting. how perfect Balerion's head was lit by the candles. It's like, it just they have servants good. to do that right now. And that's an important dragon. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: a, you know. And he
1: just died. Yeah. Just died. Yeah. Like, what, eight or nine years before Not that? that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, his yeah. skull looks very shiny
1: for that's having why. just died. And they're putting oils on it and perfumes probably.
0: It was as beautiful as I hoped that it would be. And it was...
1: Can you believe you have to make the first episode of the predecessor or of the of the successor show? It's
0: such a tall ask, and that's right why into I King's was Landing. worried. King's Landing, go on. Yeah.
1: What are you going to write as the music remain? Paula? How are you going to make the the dragon sound? They
0: brought it though. They, they took did. everything yeah. they had, and they just leaned in hard. They were not apologetic and they were not sheepish about anything. I felt like it yeah. just felt like a very strong out the gate, and I hope that that momentum continues. Through the rest of the Me season. Too. And I think it will just based on how good the setup is. It might be one of those things where the characters are going to be and the setting and the backdrop can carry any potential blunders that come along the way.
1: Well, we can't lean on that too much, though.
0: We can't, but I'm hopeful. Think about
1: Euron and Jamie. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Yeah, but at that point, we <laughs> were so deep. Okay, at that point, we were making dead inside. so <laughs> many excuses at that point. Yeah, you're right. I was dead inside by the beginning of season seven. You know what I mean? By the, by the time we got to season eight, you and me behind the scenes were like, we just have to have a good time. <laughs> like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: We're, I'm not, yeah, I'm not just trying to have a good time It's me right watching now.
1: the Vikings every year. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm in. Right. I'm bought in. And so I'm okay, hopeful cool. that that momentum will continue to carry. There was yeah. nothing cheesy. Damon could so easily be cheesy and cliche they
1: they do they told the line They did it and he's weird looking too so but, it helps
0: and he talks weird kind of yeah. and his outfits his his um armor was <laughs> committed way so too hard extra yeah, yeah yeah it worked
1: it really did it the worked. hair flying as he fought and being smart enough not to let christina kill him with that flail
0: it worked
1: dude that guy would have killed him that scene was violent. it was boy.
0: it was that
1: hatchet to the mouth and peel the, the top of the mouth oh. back I would love to do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like
1: send me into the tourney. I don't. Can you imagine that being done to you? You no. been, like hit the mouth with, like a baseball. No, or no, anything? no, I'm
0: not. That's not me. I'm, I'm Dude, up it, in the. It sucks. I'm a, up in the box giving. Not my even on accident.
1: Been smacked. I have. On oh, you're accident. a favor giver. Yeah,
0: I have on accident <laughs> but, for sure.
1: But you've been hitting the mouth. Yes, I have. Now it's an axe
0: by handlebars of a bike. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No worse.
0: Yeah, but no, I'm a. I get it. I'm a girly up in the. Well then, you. Giving would, my I bet you loved
1: out. that. Uh, Oh hey, uh, Uncle! Hey, what up? Uh-huh. Can I get your it Can I get your friend's favor
0: mm-hmm.
1: from your yes, friend?
0: I loved it. I loved everything happening so in well the box done. there. Yeah, between the two of them, just a little drama. And then Otto, it's like my Cole. daughter. <laughs> she looks back at him a little. Yeah.
1: Can you imagine everyone? It was fun. Every dad at that age, with the daughter of that age, and especially of that palate, is like you know this is going to be tough, and they probably have their own tough points, but. There's not a bigger sticking point in King's Landing than the visiting <laughs> Damon Targaryen. Yeah. And it's like, of course he's not going to turn his eye toward my daughter. He has countless women at his brothels that he can constantly access, not to mention the the new uh int- newly introduced Missaria. They're all newly introduced, but But in you this, know what
0: I mean. Yeah. Yeah,
1: she, that's the energy of mm-hmm. it. Not to mention the newly introduced Missaria. Um He's asking my daughter like wait right a second you're face. turning your gaze like holy it's you it's just <laughs> believable enough that's like no she's not going to give us attention but now because of you she just might
0: Exactly. She just might. And yeah, because it makes her friend mad. Exactly. Yeah. Well that too.
1: Damn. So it was fun. you picked up on so much more about Allison than I did. I Cuz I'm a girl. That's what I get it. I get it. I'm going to rewatch and try to pay a little bit more attention but the the texture and the portrayals of the characters i feel like um goes without saying the performances were great but the way that they wrote Rhaenyra and alison dude it's good and damon too with the points you were just making about yeah. him being a little bit more than a, a cartoon character <sighs> i mean this is going to unravel
0: I was worried. It's going to
1: build and then unravel. Uh, yeah. In a, in a good way. Like in a they, good they way. They just made it so much deeper than the way we got and it they previously. And they made it
0: really subtle. When we saw all those stills. It's believable. Yeah. When we saw all those stills imagine Rainier being like that. That came out a couple weeks, no, over the past couple days, mm-hmm. of them being really close. I was worried that they were going to play up too hard into these guys are in love. You know?
1: Yeah. and I, Like a fake, a yeah, fake gay relationship. Yeah, just a point. Yeah. You know?
0: And I was kind of rolling my eyes at that. But... As I was talking a little bit earlier in the episode, and as you're saying here, yeah, it was subtle and it was believable and it was teenage it's just confusion. What
1: it, was. it was what it was, closeness, yeah.
0: and yeah. So um I hoped that that undoing was going to be really powerful. And even just after seeing them this first episode, watching the cracks start to form, yeah, is going to be. So fun for us to see play out.
1: Renera finds out that her friend went into her dad's chambers and read him a story. She's got to say, My dad made me do it. Like, we got to have that combo. Of course, but maybe we'll skip right past it, though.
0: That's another rift. You know, these little tallies add up when you're teens and you're still fighting for your life.
1: (sighs) What a big rift, though. The king, your dad. I mean, that's, I mean, whoa. It's It's fun. Even if they don't get together, um, that's going to hurt Rhaenyra enough, you know? Like, that's just going to be, like, whenever they have to, like, face that down. But for it to also be because of her being thirsty for power and her dad, you know, you were saying that she was disappointed about her station the whole episode. I, I, you didn't say, but I, I think what you were, what you're thinking, you can tell me if you're thinking this or not, I don't think that she's jealous that she's not the the one who's next in line for succession up until obviously Renira. Okay. I don't think it was because of that. I think it's because she was disappointing her father. That like she wanted to be like something that her dad, she wanted to be everything like enough where her dad wasn't she constantly searching for another, another kid. Remember you know? when she
0: was like that four minutes must have been the happiest of his life. Right. Cause he had right. what he, yeah.
1: So she doesn't even mm-hmm. seem power hungry. Mm-hmm. It's not like she was like worried about whether or not, my uncle or my new brother or me, she, it, there was never a shred of her being like, I think it should be me because I'm a woman. Well, I agree in with this episode, you, but
0: Alessant seems to be annoyed by that.
1: That she doesn't want it?
0: Yeah, because that scene with them when they were laying down reading together Ooh. and she was asking her, she was like, let me, don't you want let it? me pull, yeah, don't you, And she was like, I just want to fly around and oh, eat cake.
1: You got to be careful around, around that situation, everybody. Just pay attention.
0: Be careful. So they're talking about, <laughs> so Allison's basically trying to bait her. And it's like, aren't you right. sad that you're not getting You gotta be heir? careful
1: when you're getting baited.
0: And Renara says all she wants to do is fly around, eat cake. She says she likes her position. And Allison's like, don't you want more?
1: Mm. And then I, just,
0: I wrote down, Allison is ambitious, Renara is comfortable, is what I wrote in my notes from that exchange. I need to watch this again. I, I I literally, like I said, from the opening credits, I was like, I cannot wait to go back and watch this again. Especially the first time. There's so many emotions. I'm typing away on my computer, yeah. you know. I'm really excited to dive in well, this
1: Well You've watched a lot of TV shows between GOT, Game of Thrones, when you started it. And now, oh, how did it really, how did it affect you deep down as someone watching a TV show? Did it? Like, are you down? Like, you you ready to watch a fantasy show right now? And it was you were like, this is new and good, and I'm not getting this anywhere else. Or are you just happen to be back in the universe? Like, no, what I'm is it?
0: loving it. I love the show standalone. I was ready to be a hater if I needed to be, mm. you know. Um, I'm bought in. Like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it again so I can see it with fresh eyes and not rose colored glasses. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how things play out in the next couple of episodes. But there was a high bar to be set and I personally feel like it was it was met at this point for episode one and I think that there's gonna be a lot of moments in this episode that we're gonna look back on in the future as powerful and standard setting for no way. kind of how, how House of the Dragon plays out so
1: I mean yeah I guess you're right but I
0: haven't seen Twitter that much though so I don't know what people are saying
1: it's just hard to say that this is what's gonna be what everything's gonna be like from now on especially knowing that the heights that the Dance of the Dragons can go so yeah if this is the the committal to the process at this point I think it does bode well too I felt the same as you as far as standard setting moments so much of it was interpersonal if we I would have before said there's no way Mm -hmm. and that it's mostly about the universe and the spectacle but the way that they pulled off Rainey's and Alessant I know dude I'm in and the way that you guys made Damon feel real I mean I i did not expect it because I'm not smart enough to have come up with it. I didn't even know I needed it. But here I am being like, okay, give me more of that. I'm mad that I have to wait until next week. So let's do owns. So let's do our owns. Okay. I mean,
0: you're talking— oh, Did you want to go first?
1: No, no, no. You're
0: talking about Damon, so I'm going to give my own to him. Um. I want to give my own to when he walks into the throne room when um Viserys calls him in and he says the cutting image of the conqueror my brother. <laughs> I just he was making fun of him so hard <laughs> as Viserys was kind of slouched up there on the throne trying to look really intense. Yeah. And it was such a good brother to brother moment of Wait, yeah. <laughs> like, distracted by like, my soda? <laughs> no, I was distracted by um anyway. I was like, "Are oh, they're brothers, right?" Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, <got laughs> I get it. For I a get second. it.
1: <laughs> you like, "We're not editing this uh-huh. one."
0: <laughs> it was such a good brother to brother moment. Um, I felt like it really displayed well their dynamic together. Yeah, it made me laugh out loud, and it fed into a really awesome scene. So my own is for that moment. The uh, cutting image of the conqueror, my brother.
1: Okay, I'm going to give uh, a couple uh, small ones. Um, I agree with you. So just Ditto and Damon. And, uh, all the other nice stuff that I've said, I specifically really loved the, uh, the first small council where they were talking about Damon and Corliss was very focused on what's happening in the step zones.
0: Yes. Oh yes. 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 I yes. loved
1: hearing the sort of origin telling of how the triarchy is becoming mm-hmm. the triarchy and, uh, how it really matters to someone like that, who is the master of ships, but also that's where his people live. And, um, I think it just tells more about how he's more focused on the actual business of it, of everything, including how he's so stalwart in supporting the king, even though the way the succession turned down meant that he would not be on a royal level like that. Most importantly, I think to him, his kids wouldn't be either, and Mm -hmm. his wife wouldn't be, even though she deserved it just because she's a woman, she didn't get it, et cetera. And, uh, man, I don't know, I guess maybe that's how the tourney scene worked. Um, That was so fun. I hate to compare stuff to other things that are just in the same genre because it feels like that's the only reason why I'm comparing it, but it really felt like a lot like The Last Duel and its mm. level of cinematography and approach to uh, like a really wide camera angle and the patience with the moments on camera without quick cuts, which I feel like was signature of something like Lord of the Rings or early Game of Thrones and even like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, from way back in the nineties. And I think that more medieval stuff should borrow from that point of view. I'm looking at you will of time and hopefully the Lord of the Rings show turns out to be like that. It's not just about how much decorativeness and gooeyness that you can make look good with noise reduction and great lighting. It's also about how you can marry the actual aesthetic of the time to what you think would be captured through a camera lens right. if you were just holding it up. Right. Just looking at it right. and having the patience to hold it there and not needing to trick you with the rhythm of cuts. And I thought that they did a pretty good job of that. Kristen Cole, you suck still. I know we don't know anything about you. but Chris, <laughs> I didn't,
0: It's so funny how, like, I didn't feel so angry at him. I didn't either. While reading, but then when I saw him on screen, I was kind of like, this guy.
1: Well, while reading, I didn't like him after he turned his cloak on, on Rainey. But during this joust, I really liked him mm-hmm. until he backsmacked
0: That was messed Damon. up. That was messed up. I mean, up.
1: we're talking about life and death, brothers. It was brothers. dirty. Everyone's watching you. Yeah. How desperate are you to win? I was
0: like, oh, he's Dornish. How desperate <laughs> are you to win
1: over the Prince of Dragoste? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh, it makes sense. He's Dornish. <laughs> Those Dornish men, though, apparently they're the most attractive in the realm. That's what I heard on Twitter tonight. And
0: that's what I heard, too. So Those curly locks.
1: I get it. I get it. Christine is doing it for a lot of us. Um, Those are our owns. We have been retweeting as many as we could up until time of recording. After we're done recording, we're going to put this episode up. And uh, this is how we do it on Sunday nights after the episode airs. We write down notes as we're watching it just to remember everything that happened. And then usually on Thursday, we put out a second episode where we rewatch the episode and Answer. Well, no, we read like answers to prompts that we put out online. You'll see this week if you follow our social media accounts. And we also read out your owns. And I mean, we haven't done it in a long time. I guess maybe we could change stuff around.
0: Nah, we're <laughs>
1: back, baby. It's like Game of Thrones <laughs> is back, but it's a it's a different kind of series. So I don't know. We have a few days to figure that out. Um, but that's how we do it. Here on the podcast.
0: So follow us. You can search for Game of Bones on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, or you can send us an email to contact at GameofOwns.com. And we'll be back later this week with more fresh
1: eyes. Game of Thrones <laughs> is back. House, yeah. It's called House of the Promise me this